Alrighty, welcome to a special bonus episode of Musical Osmosis, where intelligent dissonant thought meets melodic euphonious reality. Everybody knows who I am, your musically magnanimous host, and we've also got Dee in here, um, broadcasting from her hermetically sealed bubble in the next room. Yes, broadcasting to you um, live and in person from my house. I don't know. Now, we make sound chipper, but I just got done watching the news. So I'm actually, like, digging my fucking fingernails into my leg as we're speaking. I know, right? Just to stay focused on the content of tonight's episode. Yep, yep, yep. Tonight is uh, day number seven of civil unrest in our states that can no longer really be called united because we're not. Um, actually, no, I think we're, we're starting to unite against a common enemy. I really do. Um, yeah, and, okay. Yeah. And let we me get some down the rabbit hole. This is going to be such this is going to be such a weird episode. All right, let me get Savannah in here. All right, tonight's guest is a spellbinding visual and musical artist who is brutally honest and beautifully expressive here to talk about her new video for He Sees Me from her upcoming EP You're Such a Human Being due for release later on this year. The dazzling Savannah Pope. Hello, hello. How are you? Um, that's a relative question. Why don't we skip over that question? <laughs> the answer would be too depressing. And But it is your birthday. It is my birthday. That is true. And I was going to do a birthday, birthday episode today. right now. Yeah. As you are experiencing oh, happy my birthday. birthday. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, I was going to do a birthday episode, but then I was like, you know what, dude? That just seems selfish and petty now with so much going on and so many people suffering. I don't want to make anything about me. So I just decided you just to enjoy sh- things, you know? Well, I'm enjoying showcasing creative and beautiful people and putting out that content. My birthday is not that fascinating. <laughs> I've done I'm, 49 I'm of them now. So I usually am, but this year I just don't feel like um, celebrating. All right, but I want to dive in here, and I want to start how I always start. And you know this because you were on our Apocalyptic Peanut Butter um, podcast not long ago. And I want to ask, especially for somebody like you who's so empathetic and such a creatively open person, how are you dealing with all this as an artist and as Savannah Pope, the human being? Um, Yeah, I mean, COVID's been going on for a long time, which I think is just kind of adds to all of this because everyone's going a little bit bananas. Um, It's just, you know, we're, we're social creatures. We're not meant to be alone with our own thoughts for long periods of time. I, I mean, I know some monks do it, but pass. Um, <laughs> and I think, um, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, the Black Lives Matter thing, it's, it's been going on for so long. Uh, I know, I've lived in LA since I was a kid. Um, I, don't, I don't remember uh, the riots just because I was a, a baby. Um, the LA riots, but um, you know, I've always heard about them since I was a kid. So, and there's always just kind of been, at least in LA, you know, just a huge lack of uh, belief in the LAPD. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's really sad and it's really upsetting. And I was gonna go. Uh, I I went to protest it today, which was great. Um, awesome. And kind of, I mean, I'm like. I'm amazed by people who just get in the thick of it. And, you know, people were packed in like sardines. I, I'm not wow. really willing to do that. Only because 
you know, I, I know several people who've gotten really, really sick from COVID, including, you know, um, one guy who had to get his leg amputated. And, Holy you know, shit. You know, it, it can get really bad. So I, I you know, I was like, I but America, let me jump in here real quick and kind of redirect this. America has lived through civil discourse and strife, like in the civil rights movement. We've lived through, and you know, and of course the Civil War years. We've lived with pandemics like the Spanish flu of eight eight or nineteen eighteen, right? Mm-hmm. And we've lived through the Great Depression. This is the fucking trifecta. This is all three happening at once. I don't know how we come out the other side of this. Um, I mean, I think, I don't know, to me, it's sort of just like a weird facsimile, you know, like a weird off-color facsimile in 1968. Like, we have a demagogue in office. We've got, you know, lots of Americans are dying. We've got a, um, you know, white and black and, and Hispanic and Asian, everybody dying. And then we also have... um you know, this this eruption of the civil rights movement, which I think it probably has a lot to, to do with the fact that people have, you know, just been been alone, and it's just you it reaches a boiling point. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I, you know, I would support it happening at any time. I think it's it's just so absurd and and insane. Um, and I can't even. I can't even imagine living in in that state of fear. You know, I have a lot of empathy for it, but I can't say that I know how it feels. You know, I, I just, I can only kind of imagine how, how hard that must be being, you know, a, a black person in America. So I, I totally understand it. And I think it's, you know, really important. But a lot of the looters seem like opportunists. Um, mm-hmm. So, sure. I mean, not that I'm against, looting like like especially corporate looting um, right <laughs> yes but like probably not little stores you know because <laughs> i don't see what that helps but i, I don't know I, I try to stay out of what they're saying that you know what they do with it it's everything from the deep state to neo-Nazis to Antifa to o- Obama, like, ha- has, like, some kind of coalition. It's Like, there's so many – like, right now, we live in – like, when the Internet came out, it was cool because we had access to information we never had before. But now there is just as much in- misinformation as actual information. So now nobody knows anything that's going on ever. Like, I mean, you can – now there – I mean, there's people that's saying that – um Everything that's going down is fake. I mean, of course, there are people saying that coronavirus was fake. But, I mean, they're saying George Floyd never died, that that was like a big show, that that never even happened. I mean, they're just saying so many things because nobody can get the real information. I don't think that's true. I think there's a lot of real information. I think people are just lazy and have been trained at this point to have a really, really um, short attention span. Um, I think the internet has probably over time and made us sort of unwilling to delve into deeper information. Um, and I've just always said, like, you, you know, you have to rely on, on like basically scholarly papers, like well-investigated uh, journalistic works and, um, and, you know, you have to have multiple sources for something. Right. No, um, I mean, I totally agree. Yeah. What I'm saying is anything I say, you can Google the opposite and find that and go, nope, fake news. Here's the real news. 
So, I mean, there's counter information to any kind of information you could put out. I could say climate change is real all day long, and somebody could go on some blog and be like, nope, here's the real conspiracy about Obama's heart machine. There's nothing you can post that somebody can't find a counterpoint to it, no matter how I mean, insane it is. I have been able to find counter arguments and, and conspiracy shit, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, what, 90 something percent of scientists saying that global warming is a massive issue? Like, Come on. Right. I don't know. I mean, it's just like I said, it's just too much. Let me ask you this. Um, during all this stressful time, and this is stress in a new way for so many people as a creative entity, does it stifle your creativity? Are you using this time to kind of like recharge or does it make you double down and go, man, dude, I have to create more than ever. or I'm going to go nuts. So here's the thing. I've gotten a lot of feedback from they're like, you need to be using this time to be extra creative. It doesn't, I think it's really easy for non-artists to say that. That's not how creativity works. You don't just sit down and like shit it out, you know? And it comes when it comes and you don't have that much control over it. I mean, you can have a great work ethic in terms of getting certain things done, but inspiration is you know, I mean, that's why it's sort of this magical thing is because we, we never really know when it's going to happen. So right. and at least for me personally, I get a lot of my um, inspiration from other people and from the world. And it's really easy to feel very disconnected right now. So to be honest, no, I haven't been very inspired. I think for me, during a period of a, a ton of turmoil, I'll, I'll usually come up with like one or two songs. And then when things settle down a little bit, I'll finally find the words and and the melodies that I that I that I can really use to describe it. But it's hard in the thick of it to to come up with you know a, a massive body of work for me anyway. I mean I think it's awesome for people who can do that. Um, so I've just been more dealing with like logistical stuff, like you know advertising my stuff and. And then, you know, reaching out to new people and everything and selling merch. But, um, I mean, at the same time, I think I have been um, spending more time by myself just writing. But it's not, um, I don't know, it's a little bit more arduous. It doesn't feel quite as easy. Is it more of a stream of conscious? It doesn't feel quite as organic as, as, as it does when I'm kind of in my usual flow. Is it more of a stream of conscious, just like a scatter shot of thoughts that you're putting down and you're like, I'll go back later and kind of make this into one cohesive thing? Or are you writing creatively in the same kind of formula that you usually do? It's more like a stream of consciousness. And I'm just like kind of having to force myself to sit down and do it. But I haven't quite a lot of it. I haven't quite been able to make sense of yet. All right, well, let's talk about the reason that you're here. He Sees Me, the new um, single and the new video, which is pure wonderment on a bunch of different levels. And I want to kind of backtrack to something you said, because I wanted to ask you before we delve into the creative end, the logistical end of releasing this while all this is going on, while you can't go out and have an actual release party for anything or play any shows, just the Mm. logistical work of trying to put this out there while everybody is kind of like on lockdown or frozen in time. What is that experience like? And how, like how arduous has it been? I mean, it was weird. I mean, I think especially musicians are, you know, in particular rock musicians are pretty used to being feeling like they might be shouting into the void at this point. 
Um, which is, you know, when I say used to, I don't mean like the pain of that goes away. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just a certain reality. Um, For sure. Um, and uh, I think, but yeah, I mean, it was really strange. I was supposed to play this big release show at the Whiskey. And, um, and then basically like two weeks before, before the show or three weeks before the show, I was like, you know what, let's just cancel it now because everything kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And I just kind of knew I was like, I, I'd been reading, you know, all of the, all of the studies on, on what the trajectory looked like. And I was like, there's just no way um, that shit's going to be open, you know, on, um, you know, early May. So, um, so yeah, I just kind of called it off a couple weeks before, which was really, really sad that I was like, I'd rather, you know, not get a, people's hopes up and work my ass off promoting the show that's not going to happen you know I'd rather spend it on on something that I can do so I just um you know made sure to I you know that I also was coming out on my birthday April's the of my birthday and wow. um actually it wasn't even supposed to it was supposed to come out on May 6th I think that's when the show was on May 6th um whichever whichever was the Saturday and then I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to do it on my birthday. Because like you, I get a little, um, I don't know, I don't love to have, I just always get overwhelmed by the pressure that I put on myself to have a great birthday. <laughs> so now I'm crying somewhere. I feel like you would have a super fun birthday. I would love to go to a Savannah Pope birthday party. Um, you know what? I love, I'm weird. Like I love parties and I love doing, but I just don't like to do it at a time when it's expected. Is it that you don't want to be the focal point of it? No, I love being the focal point of shit. I just don't like, um, I don't like holidays where it is preordained that you're supposed to have a good time. Mm. I like to do it when I feel good. I got it. I, I got you. I got you. So you should just have like a surprise party um, for your birthday in like October. Like for Halloween, you should be I like, think, now it's my birthday. Yeah. But I mean, Halloween's kind of the same thing for me. Like I dress up so much of the time that by the time I get to Halloween, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> that. Oh, no, you're cool. But yeah, anyway, the release one, one I mean, it was really cool. I think it's definitely scary to put stuff out right now. And a couple of people were like, don't bother. But at the same time, it's like you can't fucking stop living and also i don't know i just just for me like um i've recently become friendly with uh lauren Ruth Ford. i don't know if you know who she is she's uh kind of like a folk rock chick she's really cool she has rainbow hair um she's pretty big in la and she put out a new album like right when everything broke out and i realized that i'd just been listening to that on a loop and i was like i'm so fucking grateful that new music is coming out so it, that kind of made me, at first I was like, oh, you know, who am I to, you know, with all this shit that's going on to put attention on myself. But then I was like, you know, it's just about music and art. Like, people need that. Right. And it's it's so hard right now, like what you were saying earlier, it's just so hard to try to focus on being that creative thing and like trying to shove it out of yourself. I, I'm the same way right now with anything creative and even sometimes my work, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't right. want to, no, just, I just want to sit here and watch TV and forget that the world is real, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I just feel like I'm in a holding pattern, right? Like, I'm just on standby. I mean, I personally, I haven't left the house 
except to go through a bank drive through to um, pay off our car. Um, I haven't left the house, I don't think, since what, D? Since February? Since we got back I from New York? Probably, I've been yeah. in a public space since we got back from New York in February. Yeah. Well, that'll make you crazy. Are you guys doing any nature or anything like that? Uh, yeah, but not the kind of nature you want to be in. Just the kind of nature that's full of bugs and wild I mean, dogs running around. Neighborhood. Yeah, we get chased by wild dogs all the time. We try to walk our dog around the neighborhood. Yeah, it's... <laughs> So that's the only yeah. time I've been out, but I haven't been in any public spaces since February. But I mean, I work, I've been working from home for over five years. And because we live so far out there, I don't go out that much anyways, but I go out all summer. I save up all year. And in the summers, I'll hit the road for four to six weeks and in like mm. just travel, take my daughter places. The will fly year. out and meet us, but I don't get that recharge of going out and being social with all my friends and doing creative projects. I'm going to be stuck here probably all summer. Yeah. Just because got to start and stay safe, you know? So, yeah. yeah. I, I see you. <laughs> anyway, for me, I've been, I've been, I have to, like, go out into a field or something or into the mountains. Like, I just have to feel, I just feel like I have open space. Yeah. yeah it's just always so. people are feeling in New York. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, the new single. He sees me. Tell us about this, because this is your first love song, and I know a lot of your artistic ability visually has played into this, too. So it, it was great, right, being able to mush. I mean, you always have a lot of artistic, um, visual, stunning things to look at anyways in your videos. But, I mean, this was being able to really take it to the next level. But before we talk much more about this amazing song, we're going to hear it right now.
Well, yeah, I mean, it was pretty literally a painting, um, right. which was really fun. Yeah, it was really fun. It was a really hard shoot. I mean, they always are. You always, <laughs> I'm always like, this is going to be it's just a simplistic, beautiful idea, and then it gets really broke by the time I'm done with it. Um, but I think, um, yeah, I mean, it was a really cool shoot. My my co-star was um, this person, Brandon, who actually plays <laughs> Big Bird in the traveling, in the international traveling company of Sesame Street Live. Nice. Oh, wow. Um, so they're, they're huge. They're, they're like 6'4 or 6'5 or something like that. And a really great dancer. I'm not a dancer at all. But I wanted this really physical component to it. So it was kind of scary. It was also pretty scary to do it naked. Um, and the first, I mean, it was a pretty small crew, but the first couple hours I was, I don't know, I, I can even, when I went through the footage to edit, I, I saw like a big difference in my body language from the first couple hours to, because by the end of the day, you kind of forget that you're naked just because you, you're so into the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first couple of hours I was like, like, but um, yeah, I mean, it was cool, and Brandon was awesome. Um, I love Brandon, and yeah, we had a great time. And I know last time we had you on our music show, we were talking about Creature and how that was a long, what year long, if not over a year process. How long did it take you to put this together? Was it the same kind of year long thing? No, no, this one was a lot faster. Um, I came up with the idea. Um, I actually kind of have the idea sitting around in my head. And then when he sees me, uh, when I recorded he sees me, I was like, okay, this is the the video to do that for. Um, And I, uh, yeah, I recorded a song. I went and met up with some of my friends here at our own film school um, who did Canal No More with me. And I uh, kind of gave them the idea and told them what I wanted. And so we put it together and it was pretty fast. It was in like probably within a month um, that we that we met with Brandon and got it all together. And uh, yeah, and shot. And it was, um, <laughs> yeah, and the shoot was probably like a 20 hour day at least. Damn. Um, uh, but not for everybody, just, just for the people, like for mostly for me just because I had, uh, and probably, yeah, for me because I had to get there super early and I, you know, had all this organizing to do. And then all of us, or some of us stayed behind after and cleaned up the whole studio. <laughs> um, and then, uh, which was, it was wild. It was so crazy to clean it up. And then I went home and I, it took like a couple of hours to get all the paint out of my hair. That was the hardest part because it had dried. Um, <laughs> You know, it's always just like a crazy experiment. It's always a wild fucking time, but it was great. So when you're going back and editing, are you kind of your own worst critic? Or can you step outside of yourself and look at it with like different eyes? Or you just look at the whole thing going, man, dude, I messed that up. I screwed that up. I could have done that better. Or are you pretty easy on yourself creatively when you're going back and looking at your work? Um, I'm pretty happy with the editing on Creature and with this video. Rock and Roll No More was more of a narrative, so there are certain parts that I get critical of myself. Yeah, so I'm happy with the editing on, on this one and on Creature. Um, on Rock and Roll No More, there are a couple things. It was my first time editing something with a very narrative uh, structure, 
Um, so I think there are certain aspects of rock and roll memoir that I would probably change in retrospect. But um, I mean, I have OCD, which is can be a bane a lot of the time. But in this case, in, in the case of editing, is kind of a a boon only because I, I spend so much fucking time on it and I obsess over it so hard while I'm doing it that I just I'm like, okay, it can't get any better, you know. Like well, the TLC like, okay. shows, because, I mean, the video is just fucking visually stunning, and you can't take your eyes off of it. We're actually going to play the song now. Is there anything you want to tell us to kind of set this up, especially it being kind of your first foray into, a, like, a true love song? Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm really proud of the song. I love the song, and I think it's a very unique love song because it's not some, like, wide-eyed little girl talking about falling in love it's it's you know kind of deals with the complexity and the intensity and the kind of everything that goes into actually being able to fall in love in the first place so I think it's um I think it's a really powerful song personally yeah kind of like a beautiful tragedy that you have to or a beautiful (laughs) scar that you have to go through yeah all right well let's play he sees me and then we will come right back d you ready to make that magic happen Yes, I'd already had the button pressed and I was about to hit it again. Okay, there's the button. All right, you still good? Everybody? Hello. I'm full like Fonzie, baby. Yes. All right, here we go. In five, four, three. Alrighty, we are back with Savannah Pope. Um, let me kind of end with this because I know you got a new EP slated for later on this year. You're such a human being. Mm-hmm. Is this already put together? Or you just have to go back and put the finishing touches on it, or do you still have a lot of writing and actual work to do on it? I have all the writing done. I have um, three of the songs recorded and more or less finished. And um, I might go in and record one more, um, or I might actually come and bring bring uh, another one in from from a previous album and just redo the vocals on it. Um, but it shouldn't take very long only because it's like one or two things left um, and everything's creatively, creatively worked out. Um, honestly, at this point, it's just a matter of like when I can actually get back into the studio. Cause I'm not, I'm not, a, I mean, I will sing remotely for hire. Like that's a, you know, it's a good gig, but for my own stuff, like I have to kind of be there physically and, and touch everything <laughs> and, uh, and, and just feel like, I'm, I don't know. I have to feel like I'm a part of it. Do you tend to put this stuff together conceptually, like the album is one entity within itself, or is this just a bunch of little pieces of Savannah Pope all stitched together and released on one EP? This one, it's not, um, it's not, you know, I feel like uh, Pterodactyl Sky was a lot more conceptual, and in a way, I think, um, I think Atlantis was fairly conceptual, but maybe hard to I mean, it's conceptual to me. I don't know how if it would be to other people. <laughs> uh, this one is less so. It's just a collection of stuff that I that I'm having a lot of fun with. I'm actually getting more um, something I never thought would happen, but I'm kind of getting more into hooks. And because I'm not really a pop girl a lot of the time, but I don't know. I just feel like in general my stuff was getting a little bit catchier and and sticking with me and. Um, like it's funny because usually when I pitch my stuff to to radio stations and stuff, the people who who turn it down will be like, "Oh no, this is too weird." And then <laughs> a couple people, 
who were like, well, either I got, you know, I always get the feedback from, I don't mean to be, I'm not putting you in this category, but a lot of the time I get the feedback from, from men who tell me that my voice scares them or that I'm just too intense, which is really funny. What does that mean, like, though? I, it just means they're, like, scared of pussy. Um, of course. <laughs> You I was know, gonna say I heard D laughing in the other room. Mm-hmm. Of course. If, if I if I if I had a cock, they would be like, "Oh, you're rather quiet." You know, they don't get it. Doesn't doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um. And then the and then yeah. So I, I and then for this one, I for the first time in my life, I got a couple people being like, "Oh, it's too. It has too much commercial potential." And I was like. <laughs> Like, oh, I'm sorry, this would be too much of a hit on the radio. We can't use it. (laughs) But how do you navigate that as an artist? Do you hold back? I know, like, I had a little formula when I was in my little three-chord punk band, and it was always like, you know, I I had a formula where it had to be like this lunch pail, cash and carry, P.T. Barnum, like punk rock aesthetic to it. Do you have like a preset formula in your head for writing or can anything go anywhere and you never close creative doors on yourself? No, never. I, I, I mean, I'm not schooled um, in musical theory at all. So basically everything that I can, I mean, some of my songs, I don't even write with instruments, you know, it's just me singing to myself and then they turn out really weird and, and proggy. And that's kind of how I ended up getting into prog rock because I was like, Oh, this kind of, this puts like a structure to a lot of stuff that's already in my head. Um, but I mean, it's, in certain ways it's, you know, it can make it hard to explain myself to, to, you know, musicians who went to Berkeley, but um, it also frees me up in terms of writing because I just, I'm never like, Oh, this has to be a, a blues song or a jazz song, or it has to, you know, it's just whatever I want to put into it. Do you have a vision for yourself? Do you like, do you lay down? Do you, are you a, a vision board, even if it's not physical, like in your head type person where you're like, here's what I want to be in five years. Here's what I want to be in 10 years. Or are you just experiencing the journey? And I'm like, dude, I'm just going where this crazy fucking trip takes me. I'm, I feel like I've been the latter for most of my life. I'm trying to be, to factor in more of the planning and organization in general. Um. Yeah. I'm, so you're I'm trying to be all adult like and stuff about it? Because yeah, that's hard. A little bit more. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm so bad. Um. I know my friend was making fun of me. She was like, "Dude, you don't open your your mail for like four months." <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Uh, <laughs> but um, I mean, I pay all my bills online, so I just figure it. Oh yeah. It's like that's a just pain like, in the yeah. ass. Yeah, I don't think she would have internet after four months of not paying bills, D. Oh, well, of course not. But I'm just thinking, wow, that's a lot of magazines piling up because we used to get a lot. Yeah, ours just goes almost in the trash. I don't even know how we get all the magazines we get. I got a lot of free stuff. Yeah, you pro hunting out free stuff well that's awesome (laughs) so you don't have any kind of vision of where you're going you're just kind of living it or do you have kind of i guess you kind of have a loose vision is what you're saying well i definitely have an idea of what i want for myself professionally um and it's a very very strong idea i just mean i guess it's been a mix of of one thing it's just uncharted territory right now in the music industry, like there's no real way to plot it out. 
not like, oh, well, you know, this year I get a record. You know, it's, right. It's, yeah, that's true. We're all kind of figuring it out. Um, so in that sense, I've sort of given up on having like a very specific um, plan of, of what's coming from other people. But I do have a plan for myself in terms of like my own work that I get done. You know, I, I put timelines on things and, um, you know, I set goals for myself and stuff like that. And I, you know, I know what I want ultimately, for sure. Have you played overseas a lot? Uh, no, I haven't. And I really, really want to. So do you, in your mind, is that like the next level once you start playing overseas regularly? Yeah, I mean, I think doing national tours and doing um, and playing overseas is probably the next thing. Yeah. Oh, you, so you don't get out of L.A. a lot then? Not that much, to be honest. No, I've been, I mean, yeah, I've been, I've been in LA for most of my career. Um, and I've, you know, I moved around a bit, but, um, you know, playing in other cities and stuff, but yeah, I haven't really, haven't really done like a full national tour, um, which I think would be, I think it would be really great to do. And then, See, that's surprising, um, too, because you're such a traveler. I know in your younger years, you were all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I just assume like, you were just kind of packing up, jumping in a van, and seeing where the day takes you. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not that easy when you're, like, a solo artist with a band. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a different – it's kind of a different life. If I were, like, a folk artist, I could do that. But I'm, like, you know, a whole show. It's a big show. So do you see this whole COVID thing that it has put your career back? Or do you think that every since everybody's kind of been put back, everybody's going to come out the gate equal? Like how much do you think this has affected the, the coming years? Has it taken any time from you? Or because everybody's kind of frozen in time, you're all going to leave the starting gate in the same place? I feel like it's taken time from me. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And I mean, at the same time, I feel like it's given me some, like, albeit online gigs that I prob- that probably would have taken a lot longer to get had this not happened, um, which I don't want to reveal too much of right now, but, you know, just some upcoming things. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. For me, I'm such a, I'm such a live performer. That's for sure. I feel the effect of it. And um, I don't know. We'll see. I feel like... I, when it first happened, like the first two months, I was like losing my shit. Now I've started, kind, you know, I've kind of gotten into more of a rhythm of being able to to be a little bit more creative. So we'll see. Can you imagine your first time in front of an audience again? You're going to go fucking bananas on stage. Dude. I mean, just when that yeah. energy hits you for the first time in three, six, nine months, whatever the stasis is going to be length of time wise, I, I just imagine you are just going to be like a fucking supernova. <laughs> I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I'm definitely going to have a metaphysical boner. Nice. <laughs> I think that's a perfect place mm-hmm. to end. All right. We got to get out of here. Tell everybody where to find you online and... Is there any live future? Like, is anybody even able to start setting stuff up even as for the end of summer as far as doing stuff live? Or is everybody still out there kind of like on lockdown? Like, dude, it's looking like not till next year before we start playing live shows again. Yeah, I mean, it's looking like that. It's looking like it's not till next year, um, which is which is really shitty. But wow. I will have um, some cool strange shows coming up. Um, I just don't want to. Uh, provide the details before it's all set but um you know just 
just bear in mind, like I will be posting like crazy about that stuff when it comes up. Um, and I, you know, I, I just want to make that as like creative and interesting and, and oh, I'm sure you, know, you up, will up to the bar as possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can find me, my, uh, my username on all social media is at, I am Savannah Pope, Savannah, like the city in Georgia, Pope, like the dude with the crazy hat and, uh, Oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, that dude. Um, my website is, uh, savannahpopemusic.com. Right on. And, then, and as know, far as, as far as the new album, do you have any like ballpark ETA as far as the month or we just know it's coming out before 2021? I just know it's coming out before 2021. As soon as I can get back into the studio, I will finish it. All righty. Fair enough. I want to thank you so much for brightening our day. I know on um, pre-show, I was like, how am I even going to do this? I just got done watching the news and I want to rip my hair out. So <laughs> thank you for putting a little bit more pep in my step. Uh, you know, you have to you have to get the positive and the beauty anywhere you can. So I thank you for spending some time with us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. You guys are always great to talk to. All righty. Well, we are out of here. Savannah, you stay safe and we will be in touch. All right. Sounds good. And D, we are going to be back in two weeks. I think we're back on an alternate every other Wednesday schedule. And we'll be back with Kelly Ogan and uh, Mean Mary with those banjo skills. Can't wait. All righty, guys. Everybody be safe. And I still haven't come up with like a closing catchphrase. I'm going to ask one of our guests one time to make a closing catchphrase for us. Yeah, something. When I was little, I always I never know how to end things, dude. When I was little, I used to write book reports. It'd be like 500 words, and I would just write these. Get a job at the studio.